Hey everybody, welcome to episode 15 or 16 of Something's Off. Uh, I've lost count of how many episodes I've been doing lately. I don't know, either either I've done too many of these or I'm slowly becoming senile. It might be both. I haven't really spoken to a doctor. I've been barricaded indoors. This is day 457 of the lockdown. The second lockdown. Or the third, what lockdown? What phase are we in of this? I, I, I think we're just in a bizarro world at this point. There's just so much happening. No, but I've been inside. Uh, not only like I, I'm not only have I physically been uh, secluding myself indoor. Uh, I'm 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 mentally in my own fortress of solitude. I'm kind of like Superman. Am I anything to sort of boost my ego? No, but I've been indoors and I'm I'm enjoying it. I can just do whatever I want. If I want if I want mac and cheese, I just fix myself up some mac and cheese. I'll go to the grocery store every now and then, but it's going to be a task. I don't speak to anybody, I don't make eye contact. It's just kind of my thing. But being inside and having living alone and having my own freedom, I I think that's the life. I think I kind of want that. I I don't really want to get married anymore or have kids. I, I don't want a relationship. I mean, I've spoken in the past about going back out on Tinder and trying to get somebody. I think that's over now. It's 2021. I've changed my mind. 2021 is just the year, the year of lonely for me, and I'm embracing it. If I want to stand naked in front of my mirror and just say provocative things to myself or have a, a, a moment, I can do it. Some of these things I, I may be reiterating onto this podcast. But it's good to be here. There's been a lot happening. This is the weekend uh, recap where I go through various things that have happened in the news this past week. And it's been a lot of stuff. They, uh, they have the new travel restrictions in Canada, by, in the country, Canada. Not in the United States have they been doing this, but again country's had its own turmoil. No, but there's been uh, new travel restrictions being implemented, I believe, starting February 3rd, I'm pretty sure, where anybody coming into the country from vacation will be subject to a quick COVID test. I don't know if I get the results right there, but uh, they also have to book a room in a government approved hotel. I don't know what a gov maybe I don't know did the government strike up a deal with the Holiday Inn, possibly the Marriott. If it's near Pearson Airport, it's going to be a slog for anybody having to stay in those hotels. That's a miserable area. You know what? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with these travel restrictions. I'm tr I'm fine with making people stay in hotels as long as they open up the strip clubs by the hotels. It gives a chance to employ people. They have a shuttle bus that takes them from the hotel into the club. It's like an it's like a mini New Orleans. They'll hire some actors to, and they'll play up the aesthetic too. They'll hire some actors to stand outside of the club and look like they're gonna rob people. Give you that New Orleans feel. They'll have a guy playing a trumpet, a guy banging on buckets, as drums. They'll give you that French Quarter Bourbon Street vibe. It is what it is. I've never been to New Orleans. I, I'd love to go. 
I'd love to go to the French Quarter. My dad's gone. My dad spent many, uh, and we have family friends who pretty much summer down there. And it's, uh, I'd, I'd love to go. It's apparently a beautiful city with its own history and its own flavor. Don't you love that when people come back from a vacation and say, I just got back from Nepal. It just has its own flavor over there. You know, in Nepal, they have mosquitoes that are the size of cats that I hear can really do damage. No, but these restrictions, they've been, uh, they've been wild. And I don't know, like, I, I have mixed feelings again. You know, I'm trying to come up with a hot take on shit, and I really don't know what people want me to say. And frankly, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sculpting out an opinion based on what is popular and what people want you to fucking think. That's not what I do as a comic. That's not what I do as a podcaster. I just want to speak openly. And I have mixed feelings on this. Can anybody just have a nuanced thought on anything? First of all, that, scrap that question. That's all we do in life is we have nuanced thoughts. People just pretend like they think one specific way when really they don't. They have, they have a bunch of different feelings on the subject. And for me, I do on these lockdowns and these travel restrictions. I think on one hand, it's an overreaction. It's overkill. It's just going to make people angrier. And then on the other hand, I do think it's, it's slightly necessary. I want this fucking thing to be over. And I feel like we need to flatten the curve, whatever that means. I'm not going to say flatten the curve because I don't know what flatten the curve really means. I should have read up on this. I should have a, uh, a thought-out opinion that is well-read and well-informed before I speak. But that's, you know, such is life. No, but again, I've said this in, in past podcasts. I've said this before. If you were, li- fuck it, uh, you probably didn't listen. You're probably a guy who just went on to, you just, uh, you typed in obscure podcasts and just did a shuffle and, and came upon this episode. So you probably didn't hear the previous one. But I, I said that this whole past year with the pandemic, it has been an exercise in perspective, okay? You have people who have had the virus and also know, several people who've had it. Then you have people like me who have not had the virus, but I have people like my mom and my sister who tested positive. They're fine now, but they tested positive. And I know people who have had it, okay? And then you have people that are kind of on the fringe, but not really. They're, they're among us who not only have they not had the virus, they know nobody who's had it. So you have all of these people that are coming from different perspectives, from different experiences, who have different frames of reference. And they all have to live together in a society where we have to get through this thing one way or another. And I feel like that's truly the root cause of a lot of this this turmoil and unrest is so many different people, they just can't see eye to eye. This whole pandemic has been like a Bukaki video. And I don't know, I might shoot myself in the foot with this analogy, but fuck it, I'm going for it. No, it's like a Bukaki video, okay? You have that porn star in the middle, okay? She's, she's troubled, she's 21, she took the wrong path in life, and she's just in the middle of this. And it could be a guy, okay? We're, we're, we're doing a Gonzo style. This is a Gonzo style video. <laughs> 
but you have that that porn star in the middle, and she's just in the center of this whole thing, and she's troubled. She's hit a crossroad in life. That's society, all right? That's society right now in the middle of this. And then you have just this group of guys around, and they're all coming from different angles. You have a guy on the couch. Then you have a guy from the side aiming for the cheek, and then you have another guy just standing right over aiming for the chin. And the guy on the couch is aiming for the hair, and that's not good. And then you have, you know what, to keep it gender neutral, because I'm a man of the millennium, we're going to have a, a, a female porn star coming from another angle as well. And by coming, I mean just not like that. But it's just people from different angles, different frames of reference that are all coming in and all approaching society. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, okay, so maybe the Bukaki thing wasn't the right way to go, but it was just they're all coming into society and, and approaching it from a, from a different direction. That's what I mean. Okay, I need to work on the analogies part. I, I'm trying to sound smarter than I really am. But that's what it is. The, the pandemic has been a giant bukkake. I'm doing my best, but it's all, it's, it's all just different perspectives, different voices, different opinions, and people are forming their opinions based on where they are, and everybody's just lost. Everybody's just lost, and they don't know what to do. I'm fucking lost. I'm getting ready to just steal a boat on the river and just make for the lake And just leave my family and friends, everybody, to just fend for themselves. I just, again, I'm really leaning into this solitude thing. And I'm just going to be that guy living on the lake. And, and people are going to tell folk tales about me. I'm going to grow into this old man. Unshaven. Long hair. And I'm just a fisherman. And I'm going to live my life like that. No internet, nothing. And every now and then I'll arrive at port in a different place. Sometimes Toronto, sometimes Rochester. And I'll be like Jack Sparrow. How about three shillings and we forget the name? Welcome to Port Royal, Mr. Smith. I remember that line verbatim. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, so I'm going to be that guy. I'm probably going to leave. But I'm I'm lying. It's like I, I just watched that movie recently called The Master starring Joaquin Phoenix. And he plays a World War II vet who recently was discharged from the Navy. This is 1945 after fighting the Japanese in the Pacific. And he's lost. He He's traumatized from everything he did, everything he saw, everything he took part in. And he's just, he's arrived back and nobody understands him. He's, he's just a, a societal reject, the way we treated a lot of veterans who came home after that time. And he stumbles upon this cult called The Cause, this group called The Cause. They're, they're revealed as a cult as the movie progresses, but it's led by a man named Lancaster Dodd, played by the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P., and he joins this cult, and he immerses himself in it, and he becomes obsessed, and it's just his journey through this, the, the cause, essentially. 
and Philip Seymour Hoffman is great, and Joaquin is just freakishly, like, not even human. He just, so is, so is Philip Seymour, and Amy Adams is in it, and it's a great movie. And I think more people need to watch it because that's where we're going when this is done. There's going to be an influx of people joining cults. There's going to be a cult surge. It's going to be kind of like podcasting. The way we talk about podcasts and how they've blown up, there's going to be cults and how they've blown There's going to be cults around. A lot, of, a lot of empty playground spaces are going to be reserved for these freaks. Any open space where they can occupy to just go about their business. Every week, it's just going to be a new, a new cult that's reserved the space. So you're going to have a big, giant soccer field outside of a high school. And some guy in the middle just standing on a soapbox, holding up, instead of a Bible, holding up a picture of Hustler magazine from 1975. And he'll be saying, this is Agatha. She is our deity. She is in, I believe that's Victoria's Secret. Worship her. And everybody's going to be, ooh, ah, Agatha. Because they need answers. They need somebody to follow in life. And it's going to be the Church of Agatha. And he's going to be going, okay, so there's only one qualification. There's only one prerequisite. There's only one thing you need to do to join the Church of Agatha. And that is just walk around town, recruit three of your friends, and also give me a starting fee of fifty nine ninety nine. And every month to renew your membership, it's an extra $5. And that's how the Church of Agatha was born. I will have no part in it. But that, yeah, it's going to be a lot of call. Everybody just wants, everybody wants answers. Everybody wants to be a part of something. And I can see, I get the allure. I get the appeal of something like that because I, again, I, I don't see myself as part of a tribe. I didn't grow up with an ethnic cultural upbringing. I grew up, I had some, I have some Irish, I have some German, mostly Irish, but I have some German, I have some, I have some Dutch. The name DeWitt is a Dutch name. It's not Spanish, contrary to popular belief, all right? It's a Dutch name. And, oh, by the way, speaking of the big, big doings in the Netherlands recently, they're, uh, they're having their own civil unrest because of these lockdowns. Yeah, some crazy shit's going on over there. And as, as a DeWitt, I must say, I, I don't know too much. I don't have too many feelings over the unrest. I don't live in their, their country. Uh, but it, it's, it's just, it's nice to see some Dutch representation on screen. I'm happy about it. Growing up, I didn't see too many people who looked and sounded like me. You know, I had a lot of uh, all of my Indian friends, all of my Asian friends growing up. They were always talking about, oh, we have no representation on screen. They were always talking about, well, we have a poo and long duck don. I'm like, okay, well, I have gold member. Apu at least ran a store. He was, he was a soulful, gentle, warm human being. He was a volunteer firefighter. He was a hero in most people's eyes. Long Duck Don, okay, no argument there. That was a little rough. But Gold Member, like... I mean, what a way to... What, what, what a great example of your cultural forebearers. 
What a great person to model yourself after. I can't think of a better one than a, than a guy who eats his own dead skin and has a gold penis and talked funny. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on in Holland. Again, lockdowns, mixed feelings. I, I think that it's overkill, but I also think that it might be necessary for people to stay, spend time away from each other. I think we all deserve a break from one another. That's another thing. That's another positive of steering clear of people. I think everyone needs to fucking breathe and not see their aunt or their cousins or their, even their best friends for a while. I think we all need to rethink our position in life and who we are. Sort out your fucking problems. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, the King Kong Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Kong, I believe it's called. Trailer came out last uh, Sunday, I believe. And I've watched it about seven times. And I, I, you know what? I am excited for it. I am going to see it. I was a long time... King Kong fan. Love the original 1933 version. It helped it helped shape cinema. And it was groundbreaking special effects for its time. And even looking back, I'm like, that's really cool. And then I love Godzilla. Even the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. <laughs> Not anymore. I think it's stupid. But I, I can't even hate watch it. It's just one of those things. It's so bad, it's good. So bad, it's good. In my own little way. There's people who watch it and probably puke. But for me, it's like, it just gives me a feeling of childhood nostalgia. <laughs> Which I'm not a big fan of, by the way. But just for me, I look back and I go, eh, reminds me of simpler times. But the Godzilla versus Kong thing, I gotta tell you. I, I I don't know what the point is of these movies where they, they pit an iconic character versus another iconic movie character. You know, Batman v Superman was one of them, Freddy versus Jason. It's like there's no there's no bad guy in it. They're both kind of equals. Freddy versus Jason, they were they were both bad guys that people loved. It's like who who's the good guy in that situation? One of them kidnaps children. And then the other one kills campfire kids with a machete. Not exactly anti-hero material. It's kind of hard to sympathize with a, a burn victim who murders innocent kids. Bad news all around. And then Batman v Superman, it's like these are both iconic heroes. Who do, who do you go for? Who do you, who do you root for? They both have their own motivations, which were not well hashed in the movie. But it's like, who, who, whose side am I on when both of you guys are kind of right? And then with the new Godzilla Kong movie, it's like, eventually there's going to have to be a villain a common enemy that they have to team up and fight together. I think that's what people are kind of looking for. But I, I do want to see who wins. And that's not going to be the case. Because just from, just logically, 
These are both franchise characters. They got to do another 350 King Kong movies, and that's just before 2030. And then an equal amount of Godzilla as well. An equal number of Godzilla films have to come out too because they just got to keep making money. I do want to see iconic, but I want them to be honest. I want there to be a good guy and a bad, and I want there to be a winner. I want to see good versus evil. I want to see, uh, I don't know, uh, Mother Teresa versus Ted Bundy. And not and not human-sized Mother Teresa and Bundy. I want to see Godzilla King Kong-sized fucking stomping over buildings. Fucking grabbing planes out of the sky. I want to see the two of them going at it. Mother Teresa lets out a Godzilla roar. And the two of them are just, you know, they're bobbing and weaving. Ted Bundy's hitting the ropes, man. Rub-a-dope, rub-a-dope. Mother Teresa's hitting him with the left hook, right hook. Ted Bundy hits her with an uppercut. That cut that catches Mother Teresa off guard. She hits the ground like Rocky, and it's kind of like the one, two, and she gets up right before ten. And all of a sudden she fucking breathes fire and incinerates Bundy. And love wins. That's the movie. Very uplifting. And there's no sequel. Until John Wayne Gacy rises from the dead and she's got to team up with Pope John Paul. None of these movie sequels... Here's the thing. In, in the modern era, none of these movie sequels... None of them matter. Matter. I mean... There's there's no point in continue. It, it, it just there's no conclusion ever to any of these anymore. It's all a product. They just what they have you hooked and they just want you to keep coming back. It's like Disney. Disney, they're the new drug dealers. And I know this sounds really pretentious, and I'm I'm not trying to be that guy who's just making something out to be more than it is, and it's just it, it, it's cringeworthy. But it is. It's it's almost like they keep the Marvel and Star Wars fans hooked enough to just have them keep coming back, and they just keep spewing out garbage. There's no story. The characters are shitty. They don't learn anything. They just want to keep you entertained and just and keep spending those dollars. What's a conclusion? Even the Avengers Endgame had no real, like maybe Captain America, Tony Stark. But they're going to keep doing Guardians movies, Thor movies. They just want to keep the, keep the dollars rolling in. And it's like, Marvel and Star Wars fans are insufferable enough. Why would you want to keep them... Sa- they just want to satiate you for that second. They're annoying. They're never happy. They're always bitching about, well, I didn't like... I didn't like Thor's haircut in this new one. It, it, it's not consistent with his hairstyle in, in issue 43 of phase this and that. It's like... How old are you again? Ugh. I mean, say what you want about Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings fans, they're at least tolerable. They're not, they're not jaded. They're not spoiled. 
If they were spoiled, we'd be getting a new Middle Earth movie every year. We'd have a new one every year since the last movie came out. You, you had the shitty prequels. The prequels that were less than stellar. I kind of enjoyed them, but the last one was in 2014. Not a peep since. And that's because there was a beginning, middle, and end. Peter Jackson said, these are the movies. Debate them amongst yourselves till the end of time, which one you think is the best, what you were happy with, what you weren't happy with, but these are the three. And then I'll, bring, I'll put out the, the prequels, and you can, you can bitch about those ones. But that was it. With Star Wars and, and, and Marvel, it's just the ne- it's, it's just forever. Never a conclusion, never an ending you can be satisfied with. Return of the King had an ending. It was 45 scenes. But an ending nonetheless. Lord of the Rings fans are relatively mature people. They're mature books written by J.R.R. Tolkien. And, and the lore is, is uh, pretty complex. I mean, I, I've met uh, countless Lord of the Rings fans in my day. Only two maybe dabble in Elvish. Those are pretty good odds. When you meet Star Trek fans, there's at least maybe 60 out of 100 that know Klingon. And it freaks me out. I don't know. There's too many people stressing over the new Godzilla, the new King Kong movie, the new Superman, the new Star Wars. It's like there's a lot of stuff that we need to be focused on right now. Maybe we can give Sonic the Hedgehog a break. I gotta be honest, when I saw that Sonic trailer about a year and a bit ago, I, I really wasn't that bothered by it. I wasn't phased. Maybe because I, I grew up a PlayStation kid. But again, it... it, it, it took for somebody to point out like no he had like why sonic has fangs he looks horrifying and i went oh okay well uh i have to get back to paying my rent i have to get back to paying you know my my hydro bill to make sure that i'm not freezing in the dark but you you keep worrying about sonic and i get the nostalgia i get i get the need to have a thing I get the need to have a thing that reminds you of your child to, to keep you feeling good, to keep you feeling react, relaxed, okay? It's a difficult world. It's just when you are in this constant state of perpetual adolescence where everything, everything has to be about Star Wars and about PS5 and about Marvel and comic books and 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 everything and oh my god nickelodeon is bringing back rugrats and hey arnold hey arnold was for depressives why would that why would that remind you of your childhood hey arnold was written by a guy who probably sat in an office without the lights on just listening to the testimonies of children who grew up abused and said, this is going to make a good show. 
Why would that evoke any memory of happiness or delight? I think we should bury Hey Arnold and never talk about it again. Ugh. No, but everything's about going back to the past. It's about reminding, as we're being, sh as my generation's being shaken out of our tree and we're realizing, wow, that life is not what they prompt. We're not all special. We're not all beautiful. We're not all going to grow up to be exactly what we want it to be. Some of us are going to have to work on forklifts. As we're being, we're being sort of introduced to that reality, the further we descend into this state of, I got to play Sega. I got to I got to buy a GameCube. And on one hand again, nuanced with the whole Sonic thing, I kind of agreed. I I kind of felt you know what from from the in in defense of the fans who were angry, I was like, "You know what? If if you're a company who's putting out this movie, just from a business standpoint, and they're unhappy with what they're seeing so far, maybe you should change it up. At the end of the day, you're fucking up your bottom line. These are the people who are paying to, to buy your product. They're spending money to see your movie. You've got to satisfy them. And then on the other hand, in defense of the company, I think if you're over the age of 35 and you're really stressed out, and you're going online and airing out your grievances about the new Sonic movie, I think there's possibly a void that you need to confront. There's probably some trouble in your life. You definitely don't have children. It's a little too much. I mean, the same people who were bitching about Sonic, the same friends of mine who were bitching about Sonic, are the same people who are bitching about not being able to afford a home. They'll sit and just go on these these tirades just at a, just when we're out for drinks. Like, hey man, do you know how hard it is for us to afford mortgages in today's day and age? I'm like, dude, I just saw you buy a round of shots for that table over there, and I'm pretty sure that those girls are underage. It's those same exact people. It's like, get your priorities straight in your life. Before you start worrying about the new Mario Kart film. I don't know if that's actually coming out. It's probably an idea that's floating around the Hollywood studios. But start worrying about the real things. We complain way too much. And I, I do agree that there are some issues that we're going to have to tackle. They're environmental. They're political. They're financial. And how are we going to fix them? How or what, what, what course of actions you think with all of the, the, the uh, people who graduate in economics and all the finance people, you think we'd be able to come out with a plan. Instead, everybody just complains and bitches and just, hey, I'm going to go out to the bar tonight and spend money on my credit card that I don't have. It's becoming a little bit much. A little bit much. I mean, you know, this is going to be a bit of a hard take, but if you're over the age of 25 and you truly want to leave your parents' home, if you're truly bent on leaving your parents' home, you're going to find a way to leave your parents' home. 
give yourself a little bit of agency and accountability and some fucking dignity. Your parents' home, unless, unless you're a person who is chained to the radiator, your parents' house is not your purgatory that you, you are bound to for the rest of your life. I mean, I, growing up, I knew kids who came from the most horrific families imaginable. The child, a childhood from hell. And some of them were out at 17. Some of them were out at, at, at 16 even. And these were people I wasn't necessarily friends with, but they were people in that, that, were, that went to my high school that I spoke to. And they were, they were out of the house at 16 years old. Now, granted, they were living in basement apartments where their heads touched the ceiling, but they were starting a life for themselves. And it was difficult, and it was a slog, and they had to work long hours, but they, they, they made it work somehow. And I see a lot of my friends who are just kind of now I will I will be reasonable and say that right now in the pandemic, okay, in the pandemic, there are people who are out of work, who don't have money, and they maybe are forced to shack up with a family member. I'm not talking about you. Times are tough and and we're in an unprecedented situation where there are a ton of people out of work. And I'm in no way saying that, oh yeah, you need to just, you know. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, and get out there and, you know, stop complaining. I'm not saying that. But in other circumstances, there are people who are fully able to leave their parents' home. And, and they don't. You're, you're going to find a way to do that. Even if it's not a mortgage necessarily, you're going to find a way. Either it's, people have done it since the beginning of time. They've relocated to a more affordable area. They've shacked up with some friends. They've gotten two or three friends together, and they, they live in a shoebox. Now, again, that's not ideal for a lot of people, but it's starting a life for yourself. It's getting out of the home. And I, I'm one of those people. I, I left home in my late 20s. I was lazy. I was too comfortable. And I, I don't blame people at the same time. <laughs> you know, It's kind of nice living with your parents and coming down every morning and just seeing eggs. Sometimes scrambled, sometimes poached, sometimes sunny side up. It's variety beyond your wildest dreams. But it's got to end sometime because you, you become too comfortable. And that was me. And I eventually had to say, fuck it, I'm out of here. But I was lazy. And so were a lot of people my age. Now, I do have friends again, and I, I will throw out a line. One more. There are friends of mine who have to stay. Maybe they, they have uh, parents who are getting older, and they have to stay with them and, and take care of them. I'm not talking about them either. Okay, so there are people out of work, and there are people who are obligated to family members. I, I get that. Okay, you are exempt from this. But the people who are able-bodied, who are able to leave the home, a lot of them are just staying and just kind of basking in, in the freedom. And living rent-free. And it's beginning to bother me a little bit. Uh, 
I mean, and, and the people who are who are stressing over not being able to afford a mortgage again, like who who are these people who truly believe that once you buy a home, all of your problems go away? Not just financial, but just problems across the board. It's like, hey, I was just approved for a mortgage. Uh, the banker said that I'm also immune to every disease going around. When I was done signing the paper, he pulled out a flask from his jacket and said, here, sip this. After one swig, you will be granted eternal life. I think it's much easier to rent than to own a home. There's a lot of headaches with owning a house. Believe me, my parents have done it. You have to pay property taxes. All the renovations are on your dime. Utilities. If you own a pool, you got you to gotta maintain that shit. You got to maintain the property. It all costs money. It would be nice to have some property that, that appreciates over time. And again, I'm in, I'm in this boat. I'm a renter. I'm, I'm, I'm floating. I'm not coming from a position where I have advantage over everybody. I'm, I'm floating. And it's difficult for me. Ah, man. Anyways. Yeah. There's a lot of people who need to leave their parents' home. Uh, I do want to comment on this Robin Hood thing. The Robin Hood GameStop thing. Reddit. A lot of different moving pieces in this one. There's GameStop, you know... I, I, Again, this this Robin Hood app, which was, was apparently protecting these these Wall Street guys, these people. I don't know too much about that. I got to read on that. But Reddit, what a fucking home run for those guys. God, Reddit, Reddit used to just be a haven for foodies and, and far-right ideologues. Now it's just fucking... I've never been on... I've, I've never really been... I've never done... Actually, no, Reddit was also great for comics as well. I know the, there was a lot of comics used to promote shows, and there was a lot of them. So, oh, no, no, 4, 4chan was the far-right thing. Okay, so I retract my statement. It was comics, and it was foodies. So it was either a comic with a show or a foodie with a hero sandwich who wanted to do a poll. Meat and cheese or veggie? And you would just watch the comment thread unfold. But uh, there, were, there was a lot of game uh, people who got together and decided to invest in <laughs> to uh, to buy up GameStop stocks, and then they went over to AMC. And it was a, it was a big win, and all these Wall Street guys they're they're beside themselves. They don't know what the fuck to do. So it's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, I like to see the financial system in ruins. I like to see it in champ. I mean, I'd like to see it, you know, build back up and, and I, I like to see it intact, but I also like to see, you know, the, the uber wealthy uh, <laughs> be beside themselves. It's kind of fun. Uh, I don't know much about stocks. There's some friends of mine who do. They're really into uh, investing and buying up uh, shit, and and they've they've bought property, and uh, 
Yeah, th- those guys are probably, I haven't spoken to them this week, but they're probably having a time. And uh, all of this is happening while GameStop customers are locked in a basement with no internet connection. So, <laughs> once they come up for an extra Pop-Tart, uh, boy, are they going to be surprised to hear what's happening. I guess they would have to have internet connection to play online. Oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. I don't remember much about GameStop, really. I uh, No, it was in Canada... Uh, GameStop's sister company in Canada was EB Games, so it was kind of we. GameStop was the sort of the the mother company, and EB Games was I think uh, operated out of GameStop or something like that. But I remember EB Games going to EB Games, and it's it's the, it's exactly like GameStop in every form because I've been in several GameStops and it's the exact same thing. It's just games all over the walls, and to, so I remember walking into EB Games. We would go South Common Mall. In the plaza, there was an EB Games that we would go to almost every lunch to try out the games, me and my buddies. And uh, there had to be a time, there was a 20-minute time limit on the game machine. So if you wanted to sample a game, you you played it. And uh, I remember after the 20 minutes was up, the guy would kick us out because he didn't want just a bunch of teenagers uh, lingering on the property. And you kind of had to do what he said because we were already on thin ice with the security guards. And the second the guy phoned the security office in the uh, main building of the mall, the guy would come running and say, hey, I got some teenagers I can bust. And he would kick us off the property and probably ban us. But, you know, we were – it was with reason looking back. You know, we had already spilt enough drinks and flung enough soda and burger patties around and cursed enough on the property that he was probably like, these delinquents need to be thrown out onto the street and toughen up. So we did what the GameStop guy said, or the EB Games guy. And, like, you know, what, what are we going to do? Pick a fight with a guy with a Pikachu pin on his vest? This guy's over the age of 40. He's probably worked up enough as is. His internet wife left him. He's hit a crossroads. Anyways, folks, so we got the... Yeah, we got the Dutch riots. We got the travel restrictions. Joe Biden's first real week in office. He's doing some things. I got to read up on that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll comment probably next weekend. I didn't read up enough. But, uh, yeah, Kong versus Godzilla, and, yeah, I, I went, uh, I, I covered a few things today. Anyways, folks, that's it. Something's off with Alex DeWitt. Don't forget to follow on Instagram, Something's Off Podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Decades.